Longfellow Deeds is a small town guy. Chuck Cedars. Handshakes are for strangers, pal. We hug around here, buddy. What's up? What's up? And he's about to get. When Mr. Blake died, he left an enormous fortune. He left it all to you, Deeds. $40 billion. Holy shit. Just a small town guy. So this is where my uncle lives? Yes, sir. Boy, you kind of snuck up on me there. I am very, very sneaky. You know, Lena Dunham made a film adaptation of Catherine called Birdie, but it was with modern language. So, like, she's probably like, Mom, this plague is bussin'. I don't understand, like, 90% of the words you just said after Lena Dunham. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? And welcome back, or welcome to Probably Should Have Known Better, a podcast where we celebrate comedy that has aged poorly. I'm Nadia Vasquez, and I am joined, as always, by the person whose feet I would consider touching in an emergency, <laughs> Tony Ginocchio. What emergency? What could that possibly be? Like, f- my, I'm on fire. I'm yes. on fire, but only my foot. Well, then I wouldn't touch it. Like, maybe the top half of you is on fire, but I have to grab your foot to get you out of the fire. I would touch your feet that way. Pull me out of the fire, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be one of the... Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. It would be like the... the, Is it Joey and Chandler, where Joey had to piss on Chandler because he was stung by a jellyfish? It was Um, Monica, but yeah, same group. Yes. Yes, and it was. It, it would have been one of those where, like, somebody would find out years later, and we'd have to explain it. And no matter what, it wouldn't sound right. No, <laughs> but like, isn't? Don't you feel good that I would do it? I would. Like, yeah, I, I do feel good. I would be there for That's... you and your feet. I would be there for you but... and your feet. No. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we were supposed to be less weird after the Zootopia episode. No. And we've already taken a turn. Listen, I think I'm really, really settling into how weird I am as an adult. Like, I just turned 35. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, like, I'm just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. And not in that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, like, quote, unquote, let myself go kind of way. It's just, like, I'm just going to get really deep into the weird shit that I'm into. And, like, it's my money who cares. You know? Yeah. And so, in this case... It's like, I really am interested in people who are interested in feet. (laughs) In the same way that I, like, researched people who were into, like, the furry stuff. Dressing up as animals, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm interested in, like, who is into feet. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm so glad uh, you brought that. I mean, you know, there's extensive... I don't know if you are going to reveal all this research that you've already done. There's extensive, like, foot indexing communities. In fact, I think in our very first episode, I had to look up Helen Hunt's feet on WikiFeet. Yeah. Oh, I am actually featured on WikiFeet. You are? I am, but not through my feet. I am just in a picture with someone whose feet are featured. (laughs) 
Our friend Rati Gupta, who was in a podcast we had many years ago, is... Which no longer exists and you can't find it. Do not look. Yeah, don't look it up. Uh, she... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. We had a birth... She had a birthday party and she posted uh-huh. it on social media. And because she's famous, because she was on the she's Big famous Bang Theory... Uh, and um, amongst many other successes that she's had, because I'm very happy for her, she her feet from her feet are exposed because she's wearing sandals, and I'm in the picture with her on WikiFeet. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly one of the weirdest things that has ever happened to me. I actually we were talking about it in conversation, and I was like, "Girl, are you on WikiFeet?" And I googled it, and I was like, "Dude, you are also on WikiFeet, but I am too." <laughs> <laughs> well uh so that was our I'm installment <laughs> that was our installment of good for them uh for our dear friend rati gupta <laughs> we're so glad you got the big bang theory uh glad your feet are looking good uh <laughs> yeah she's very highly rated i i certainly hope so uh i wish her nothing but the best um in any event uh, she was at my wedding, by the way, and you weren't. I'm just saying. I was but- in another <laughs> wedding, and that one, <laughs> that one actually ended up getting divorced. So I feel ten times worse. Oh god! <laughs> this is a completely unhinged episode. So, immediately. So we're yeah, we're nice and loose already. So let's talk about our movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> folks. Uh, some of you probably saw us tease the movie on social media. You certainly saw, uh, the episode title when you clicked on this. You know, it's an Adam Sandler film from 2002, (laughs) the year the world learned to laugh again, uh, (laughs) called Mr. Deeds, uh, directed by Stephen Brill, actually a remake of a Frank Capra film from 1936 titled Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, starring Adam Sandler, uh, Winona Ryder at, I would argue, her hottest, uh, Peter Gallagher, Eric Avari, and in the role of a lifetime, you talk about award season snubs, this is a huge one, John Turturro as Emilio. (laughs) Um, And some (laughs) of you maybe saw that... Should have gotten every award. Some of you saw the title and were like, yes, Tony and Nadia are going to tear into a low-tier Adam Sandler film. Nope, wrong. Nope. We both like this movie. It's, I love it. I think this is probably one of my favorite movies we've done for the pod. I'm just so excited to be so... I'm, I'm just delighted by this movie, and I'm so excited to talk about it. This is... Um, Maybe my favorite Adam Sandler comedy overall. Yeah. <laughs> this and Tied with Big Daddy for me. I do love Big Daddy a lot. Big Daddy Big Daddy is very good. Yes. One of the one of the few times when Jon Stewart tried to act. Um <laughs> and so And he was just a uh, deadbeat dad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so folks, um, maybe you've seen this movie. Uh, it was like all of Adam Sandler's other movies. It was an enormous box office success. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adam Sandler plays Longfellow Deeds, uh, a uh, just kind of good-natured, kind-hearted uh, pizza restaurant owner uh, in Mandrake Falls, New Hampshire. Uh, and when a distant relative of his, who's a massive media mogul in New York City, dies, he realizes he's inherited $40 billion. Uh, so he has to travel to New York to sign the paperwork and also avoid the machinations of the evil Peter Gallagher, uh, <laughs> the chairman of the media company who is trying to steal all the money away from Adam Sandler. Uh, he 
meets and falls in love with uh, Winona Ryder, who is a kind-hearted school nurse. Wait, just kidding. She's actually a tabloid reporter working undercover to get dirt on him. No! Uh, so, so there's some antics. Uh, he beats the shit out of a couple people, and it's really funny. <laughs> John McEnroe's <laughs> in it. <laughs> Johnny McEnroe is in it as himself. Uh, Steve Buscemi makes an appearance. Um, this is uh, a really sweet movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very, very the good guys win, the bad guys lose. It's exactly 90 minutes long. I think, you know, I first saw it probably when I was like in eighth grade, uh, mm-hmm. maybe freshman in high school. Um, and I just loved it right away. I think watching it again it probably was aimed at eighth graders (laughs) as a target audience but it still has some sweet moments and some very good laughs and again i cannot emphasize this enough john turturro brings this movie up to an entirely different echelon of filmmaking agreed he's just so that was probably the first movie i had ever seen him in and then I was yeah. like, let me go back and watch all these other things. And they were all very sad. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, most most of his stuff. If you want a comedy, you basically got this in Big Night, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> which I haven't seen. But, yeah, no, it was. it's really great. It's The other thing I like about it is that it's genuinely sincere and not mm-hmm. ironically sincere. It's just, it really plays into we want you to feel really good. There's a lesson to be learned here. And I really liked it. I forgot that it was also, it would make me cry a little bit. I did get a little teary eyed at some point. It, it is like a film where the message and it like, it's not a subtle film, but the very blatant message is you should be a good person. And that is more important than being rich. Like that's. Yeah. I wonder why so many people didn't get the memo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it is delightful um i laughed watching it even at age 35 the when they go to the town in iowa (laughs) it's like that's (laughs) hilarious to me um again when he beats up the other report i mean just a lot here uh that really works and also and i i felt this way i think when i was 13 and watching the movie for the first time i feel this way now winona ryder's really hot in this movie she's so beautiful she's just stunning absolutely stunning (laughs) Um, you know what's really cute is that when she does uh she did an interview for stranger things recently Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she felt really awkward and how like ugly she was and and Mm -hmm. i think the guy who plays hopper that everyone loves what's his name oh um uh david harbour yeah i'm like the mom that's like what's his name from the movie (laughs) yeah he (laughs) he was like what 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 and i thought the same thing like how could she ever have thought that she was awkward and ugly she's so beautiful she's arguably probably one of the most beautiful actors ever yeah i mean it's if we're right look if we're ranking them right number one Ashwari Rai, obviously. Yes. Number yes. two. <laughs> number two. Angelina Jolie is the fish. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah. Number two, uh, Lola, the fish that you want to fuck. <laughs> sure um, and, uh, and number three, Winona Ryder. And this yes. was a year after the shoplifting arrest. Yes, and I'm going to talk was, about that. 
Yes, this was her first attempt at a comeback. Uh, it didn't quite take because while this movie made a lot of money, uh, critics hated it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, you know, I think she should have come back from this alone. Uh, yes. We love you, Winona. Um, shoplifting is not a real crime. No, good for <laughs> you. That's the second installment of Good For You. She got a lot of stuff good for you. Yeah, so, uh, but Nadia, like I said, this was the year we all learned to laugh again, 2002, <laughs> which I know we already covered in Van Wilder, but I'm sure you researched something weird for, for the episode. I didn't. It wasn't super weird because I was actually really fascinated by Winona Ryder because I kept looking okay. at her face for two an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> but I said during our Van Wilder episode that we hadn't covered 2002, but that was a mistake. I made a mistake. I'm human. We had covered 2002 in Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, okay. Which I, which I forgot we had done. <laughs> Whoops! And so I did the former current events of t- 2002 two times, which that's a lot of twos. So, like, the astrology girlies are probably like, hmm, angel numbers. It was an accident. <laughs> So this time, I'm not going to go into the 2002 former current events again, because, you know, you could listen to both of those episodes if you want. Probably for the past, yeah. Yeah. So what I am going to do instead is talk about Adam Sandler and Winona Ryder, because they were in really fascinating times in their career when this came out. Uh, so okay. they, they shot the movie in 2000, and so it took a mm-hmm. couple of years to get it. And because 9-11 happened, they had to, like, digitally remove... Uh, the World Trade Center from all of the big shots of New York. So obviously that took a lot more time. <laughs> and then and then My Chemical Romance started as a just, band, okay? Just watch it, just watching the attacks and being like, fuck, we gotta push Mr. Deeds back a year now. So much more work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So 2002 to be was... clear, that was I, w- I was doing an impression of Condoleezza Rice saying that. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because they were really trying to get us to laugh again. <laughs> um, so 2002 was a really big year for Adam Sandler in like a silly way because he was uh, featured in Master of Disguise. He had Eight Crazy Nights come out that winter. Mm-hmm. And he was in a short film called A Day with the Meatball. Do you remember this happening, Tony? Was the no, meatball I, involved? I, I tell you what I call a day with the meatballs every fucking day in the Ginocchio household. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he was also executive producing The Hot Chick starring Rob Schneider, which we all know where he ended up. Uh, but what was fascinating was this was the year where he debuted his dramatic acting talents in Punch Drunk Oh, was this Punch Drunk Love? Yeah. Oh, wow. And that PTA. Came out, okay. Yeah, they, <laughs> That came out before Mr. Deeds, uh, only a couple months apart, actually. And Paul Thomas Anderson wrote the film with him in mind, and he studied the best of Adam Sandler on DVD, like this one mm-hmm. specific scene where he was doing a talk show and his dad called in to talk about how disappointed he was in him. And Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> yeah. was so in love with how deranged Adam Sandler became that he's like, I have to write a movie for him. So he did. Mm -hmm. And this was like a huge critical success. Everyone was so surprised that he was such a good actor. But like, I mean, if you watch Mr. Deeds, he's just such a likable guy. He's extremely charismatic, right? And and great actor. And, you know, and obviously, you know, 
15 years later or whatever, he'd do Uncut Gems, which is which he was amazing in again. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then also he just gets a bunch of famous people to be in his films. I think by by all accounts, my understanding is he's a nice guy and a fun guy to be around. So people like being in his movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, he gives off that impression for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't know Punch Drunk Love was the same year. That's why. And they did, yeah, they did shoot this before Winona Ryder got arrested. Yes. And so that brings me to my next part of our former current events. I wanted to kind of get into what Winona Ryder was all about at the time, because she was really a really big star in the early nineties and Mm -hmm. got nominated for two Academy Awards. Like she was really high up there. But as she started to get older and, you know, Hollywood doesn't like when women get older, she started having a little more trouble getting roles, which is bananas to me because like, look at her face. And so (laughs) this movie was pushed very strongly by her people and by Hollywood in general as her comeback after she was arrested. And so people who don't know what happened in 2001, she was shoplifting at Saks Fifth Avenue on Wilshire down in Beverly Hills. And she stole like $5,000 worth of stuff. Like she got like a cashmere sweater, some hair ornaments and some socks from Donna Karen that were like worth $80. And she like just walked out with it, but obviously got caught and she served 480 hours of community service. But like, People went absolutely wild after this happened. It's it's nuts how big a deal this was. Yeah. People were, like, the L.A., like, the police department, like, every guy in the police department had a statement about it. They were like, well, she mm-hmm. just probably wanted to see if she can get away with it. I don't know why rich people think they can do this. And people were just kind of mean about it. And so she never really talked about it until much, much, much later. And she said she just wasn't in a good place. And so it's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. But also shoplifting is fun. <laughs> yeah, shoplifting, not a, I, I should clarify, when I said shoplifting, not a real crime, I meant that. But also shoplifting from Saks Fifth Avenue, definitely not a real crime. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. So I, I got a quote from her. She finally addressed it, but barely. She said, quote, psychologically, I must have been at a place where I just wanted to stop working. Uh, I won't get into what actually happened, but it wasn't what people think, and it wasn't like the crime of the century, but it allowed me time that I really needed where I went back to San Francisco and got back into things that were more interesting to me. End quote. Now, let me go into what she did after that. Well, I think just think it's fascinating in general that she was just working so much, and then this happened, and it made her stop working. But she only stopped for like four years, but we'll get into that. Uh, She started taking classes at UC Berkeley in linguistics, etymology, and constitutional law. And she started working with environmental activists, including Julia Butterfly Hill, which was uh, the woman that lived in the redwood tree for like 700 days or something so they wouldn't tear it down. And Winona Ryder Mm -hmm. went and lived up there with her for like six days. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So she was like just taking time away. And ultimately what the lesson was that she learned was that like, Hollywood, because, you know, she had that really big, uh, high-profile relationship with Johnny Depp and their huge Mm -hmm. breakup and the whole thing. Like, basically, she was having people telling her that Hollywood and being famous was the most important thing. And she learned that that's not true, which is so related to Mr. Deeds. And I'm like, girl. It's what Mr. Deeds is about. I know. It was 
it was just fascinating to learn about. And in the end, she did have smaller roles in movies as time went on because Hollywood and like the society of America just like didn't welcome her back after this whole thing. So she took smaller roles like she's in Black Swan and she's in a few other very tiny roles in big movies. But until she starred in Stranger Things much later, did people welcome her back? Which I just like, it doesn't make any sense to me that she went through what she went through because of stealing like a couple pairs of socks fucking shoplifting charge it is nuts and um i mean and it is kind of like i don't know i feel like there's more actors that like kill people now yeah Uh, (laughs) maybe 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 the scale actually slid in the correct direction for once yes uh where where you're like oh if somebody shoplifts you're like well you know good for her what was it you know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) There's a full list of everything she shoplifted, which is really funny because it's so it's all silly. It's like a sweater, but it's cashmere and it's like hair ornaments, but it was like real rubies. And it's like, this is stupid. But anyway, they pushed this movie to be her comeback. And obviously it didn't work. But because everyone loves Adam Sandler, it still was a success. Still made a boatload of money. Um, I, the one thing I want to call out uh, for Winona Ryder is... So I, I didn't watch the most recent season of Stranger Things because um, I stopped caring. Sure. Uh, but um, she always wore Kate Bush gear on yes. set. Yes. Um, and so that was what uh, got the producers to eventually put in the running up that hill scene. Oh. Uh, which... Which, which then, you know, Running Up That Hill became Kate Bush's first number one hit in, like, 2022 because of Stranger Things. That's so cool. And the coolest part yeah. is that she owned all her publishing, which, like, not a lot of artists get. So she basically got 100% yeah. of that money. Nice. Winona, you did it. You did it for Kate Bush. You did it for Kate Bush. That was She was playing the long game the whole time. She's like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crater my career. I'm going to come back in a Netflix series uh, 15 years later, uh, and we're going to get Kate Bush on the charts, goddammit. That's perfect. (laughs) I'm just fascinated by where both of these people were in their career. Like, Adam Sandler was arguably at the very top of his game, and Winona Ryder Commercially, yes. Yes. Was, like, dead rock bottom, according to society. But, like, I'm sure they were somewhere in the middle as, like, real people just having fun making a cool movie making a great movie that everybody loved and by everybody i mean only you and me (laughs) uh so mr deeds oh do we open on a shot of the new york city skyline no this movie is far more ambitious than that we open on mount everest (laughs) something unexpected an old man wants to get to the top of mount everest so uh basically you probably figured out what's gonna happen we have a smash cut to him frozen to death on top of the mountain yes but before we get there we do see that he's a super nice guy he's really kind he's really ambitious he has a good spirit but you know that kind of got in his way a little bit which hmm (laughs) that might sound familiar Hmm. later (laughs) so uh so he dies uh the helicopter (laughs) Pries his body off the top of Mount Everest, which is a funny visual gag. One, because how'd the helicopter even get that high? <laughs> Much higher than Mount Everest. 
and to to them like prying his body off the mountain is kind of funny um but but basically you know we get to the boardroom of banks media which which was this company that preston banks owned uh there's a massive media conglomerate it, it, basically he owned like time warner or disney or you know so- something like that mm-hmm. um Viacom, but not evilly you know, whatever not evilly. He did it goodly. He employed <laughs> thousands of people. Um, he was a job creator, which I've been told is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and not the worst fucking people in the world. <laughs> but, this is the first time uh, that I've ever been on the side of a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but uh, we meet Peter Gallagher uh, as mm. as Charles, the, the evil yummy chairman. Man. Yummy man! <laughs> He's got a lot of hair on his head, just in every part of his head. Um, And then then I also want to shout out, because I feel that this actor deserves much more appreciation, Eric Avari, who plays Cecil, uh, perhaps most famous for being the guy in the Brendan Fraser mummy who yells, you must not read from the book, but uh, just just great performance here as Mm -hmm. another one of the board members. He's like, yes, we can't find the air. It's troubling. And Peter Gallagher's like, no, your beard is troubling. Your <laughs> pipe is troubling. <laughs> your teeth is troubling. It's, he, what a great performance by both of them. They had really great chemistry. And I hated and liked yes. them both equally. Yes. It's, it's, it's Peter, Peter Gallagher, who I don't think has been bad in anything he's been no. in, um, but turns in just a great, like, cartoonish villain performance yeah you can tell he was Um, having a lot of fun everybody in this movie's having fun it's an adam sandler movie (laughs) (laughs) it's true but they're waiting to see who this heir was because presumably preston blake didn't have any kids he never really got married or anything because he was too busy building an empire and so they're waiting to see who is his nearest relative and they get a fax a fax (laughs) With little his, little dated. A little dated. A fax with some big impact font that says Longfellow Deeds, Mandrake Falls, New Hampshire. So that we've got our man and we smash cut <laughs> to who he is. And he's so uh, sweet. <laughs> he's so sweet. So they fly out to New Hampshire and they're looking for Deeds. They're looking for Longfellow Deeds. Nobody knows his first name is Longfellow. Um, <laughs> looking for Longfellow Deeds, and uh, they eventually. And he's the guy running the pizza place. And the first thing he said, you know, they say, "Well, it's nice to meet you. I'm Charles. This is Cecil. We're with Banks Media." And they hold out their hands. First thing he says to them, "Hey, hey, hands, handshakes are for strangers. We hug around here." Yeah, so he gives them all a hug, and while he's. <laughs> They're trying to talk to him, but he's like, oh, no, I got to perform one of my cards because Longfellow Deeds is not only the owner and proprietor of this pizza place. He's also an aspiring greeting card writer, which is probably the most adorable job he could ever want as his dream job. (laughs) He wants he dreams. He sends his he writes little poems and he sends them to Hallmark and tries to get them. to buy his greeting card concept so so every like monday or whatever he says one out loud to the pizza parlor yeah and it's Um, full of people who all really want to hear it this is like the opposite of the character that joseph gordon levin plays uh in 500 days of summer where he hates his job (laughs) 
he like really wants this job and everyone claps and cries as he tells it and it's not great but it's cute no it's cute it's very so so we're establishing right away deeds is a sweetie pie and you know what it works and I'm on board with it. It works, and I'm on board. And uh, Adam Sandler is—he's never been more attractive to me than when he's reading <laughs> a shitty little poem. And so, so it's very sweet. We get a brief introduction to Steve Buscemi, who is also in this movie for some reason. <laughs> he's in Big Daddy too. He's in—I think. What did Big Daddy start yeah. his cameos, or did this one start his cameos? Uh, I don't, I think Big Daddy came, like, a year before this. Okay. So. Yeah, he was in that, Big too. Daddy he was, he was the yeah. one, the guy that was living on the street that taught yeah. him that McDonald's breakfast is over at 1030, not 11. So, you yeah. know, he continues to have some sort of deranged thing in this, in this movie, he plays Crazy Eyes. He's just a guy that orders really weird pizza, like peanut butter and gumballs and, uh, yes, gummy yes. worms and Oreos. Uh, yeah, Gummy Worms and Oreos. That was it. Yeah, I remember Oreos. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of one side gag. He's got the crazy eyes going. And, um, you know, and basically are like, Deeds, we need you to come back to New York, sign some paperwork, take a couple days, enjoy the city. And meanwhile, and then afterwards, like, Peter Gallagher, like, goes off to the side. He's like, yes, yes, <laughs> we're going to steal his money. Yeah, he definitely does, like, Mr. Burns finger. Yes. And so they fly in the helicopter back to New York uh, somebody had to pay for the movie, so we do have to make a product placement stop at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute because Deeds invites the pilots to come with them, and so the pilots are sitting there also dipping their french fries in the Frosty. It's really cute. I liked it. And we're also seeing, you know, obviously Peter Gallagher is, you know, just just disgusted by what a bumpkin <laughs> Deeds is. And Cecil, the Eric Avari character, is like, pretty into it yeah he's he like likes it. he's like you know what this this frosty is delicious <laughs> just <laughs> it's so funny and so sweet it's really funny to have the one executive guy really hate deeds and have the one executive guy serve as like us where we're like yeah it's yeah. cool to have somebody who's yeah. actually nice to work with it's it's very uh endearing all of this i tried to make my own frosty at home last night but it just couldn't work it just wasn't uh, the same so- uh and then also i really love the gag here um so he sings uh, adam sandler on the plane sings part of um space oddity the the david bowie song and it, it i like the gag where it they head fake that they're going to break into a huge musical number like the, like adam sandler starts getting really into the song you hear the guitar in the background the pilots start clapping and then immediately peter gag peter gallagher's like no enough <laughs> it's so good but meanwhile on the ground all of the press really wants to find out who is the heir to this fortune and so we cut to a a tabloid kind of like an access hollywood but a little bit more gross like a this is pre-tmz so like tmz ish where they're getting it's, it's right yeah, where they're getting, they're trying to get, like, the dirt. Who is this guy? And nobody has a lead until one guy, the guy that's in every Adam Sandler movie, and I don't know his name, in a bad wig. Oh, walks. it's um, uh, Alan Covert. Yes. Yes, so he comes in, and he has a lead that uh, two executives left in a helicopter, and three people are coming back. So he's here. So he sneaks over to the helipad uh, landing area. 
and pretends to be yeah. a like one of those guys with those like I don't know glow stick. Yeah, the, the air, air air traffic uh, guy. Yeah. yeah, and and they've some random guy who was dressed as like a worker takes Deeds' picture paparazzi style and then jumps off the roof with a parachute, making like the funniest noise. Ah! <laughs> And he's just like, Deeds is like, wow, I really admire that. Like, good for him. He got the picture. And Peter Gallagher's like, yeah. no, he deserves to have his throat slit. Sudden <laughs> <laughs> jump up. Okay, so a couple other calls. That was Alan Covert was the uh, guy who's in every Adam Sandler movie. The guy who hosts the tabloid show is Jared Harris, who's on Mad Men. He's, he's uh, oh, yeah. Price on Mad Men. <laughs> um, he's playing an Australian in, uh, in this movie, though. Uh, and then we learn that Winona Ryder works at the tabloid show and is desperate for a big story because she's broke because she spent all her money on shoes. That feels like a first draft. Yeah. I feel like they could have done one rewrite on that line, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> she She's hot. It's fine. She's so she's so fucking hot, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I'm ne I'm never thirsty on the podcast unless we're talking about her or Ishwari Rai or Kate Winslet or like four other people. But <laughs> you're like my thirstiest friend. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, so um, the uh, sorry. One more joke that we missed when he was on the plane. He's talking to the pilots. Adam Sandler's talking to the pilots. He's like, "What do you, you guys watch? You guys watch football? I think the Pats could uh, take it. You know, because the Jets are choke artists." And the pilot says, "Oh, I wouldn't say that, Deeds. Oh, why not? Because oh, you own the Jets, Deeds." And Deeds is like, "Wow, that really sucks. I hope <laughs> they don't play the Pats in the playoffs, or I might have to kill myself." <laughs> good I, I have to also just point out that adam sandler did not write this movie and maybe that's no. why it's really good so so we're just you know we love this movie yeah. i think that's obvious yeah but he gets to basically his great great uncle's old penthouse yes. in new york and he's greeted by his butler emilio John played by the incredible John Turturro doing uh, a beautiful Spanish accent. <laughs> really, really, like, and, like I, enamored with him immediately. There is a version of this movie because we because they did it for fucking. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry season two selection. Um, <laughs> there is a version of this movie where Emilio's character is played by Rob Schneider in brownface, <laughs> and would have been unbearable and instead it's amazing <laughs> yeah no it's amazing he uh the apartment is so big and nobody's really in there that he just starts saying hello and it echoes through the yeah. whole apartment and then he gets the entire staff to play along which is very endearing like a man mm -hmm. who treats house staff like people love that yes yes and he, he, you know, he makes jokes with the elevator operator, who is J.B. Smoove. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he gets to know Emilio, who whose main trait, as we are introduced to him, is that he is very, very, very sneaky. Very, very sneaky, sir. Very, very sneaky, sir. <laughs> sir, I'm worried you are underestimating my sneakiness. So, one of, the, one of the funnier recurring gags is he just, like, suddenly appears, like, in every scene. It's so funny. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's so good. But uh, we do see that Peter Gallagher treats Emilio like shit. They really do not yes. like each other. Yes. So put a pin in um, that. So, okay, so we have, you know, we have some characters. We have uh, so kind of we've established who Deeds is. We have the setting in New York. So now Winona Ryder's like, I got to get the dirt on Deeds because apparently viewers in New York are going to really care what <laughs> a media executive does day to day. And uh, so she's like, I got to get him to go out with me. Basically, I'm going to go undercover. Yes. Yeah, so while and they were so, on the helicopter pad, uh, Alan Covert, in his very terrible wig, overhears that Deed's parents met because uh, his mom had fallen through some ice and his dad had saved her. So there was mm-hmm. like a damsel in distress kind of deal. And so he's like, yeah, I'd like to meet someone that way, which is a very weird thing to want, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so they fabricate this whole scenario to get Deed's to save her. To rescue her, mm-hmm. yeah. So Alan Covert is like, I'm going to steal your purse, right, uh, in front of him, and then he'll rescue you, um, and he'll come for you, and that'll be that'll be your in. And so he, like, pretends to steal a purse. She's like, help, stop, he's groping me. And uh, and then her co-worker's like, okay, good luck, and he runs away. And then Adam Sandler <laughs> just runs right past Winona Ryder. You know it's a really good movie when Adam Sandler's running full out. Because he's fucking fast. Chases Alan Covert, catches him, throws him into a trash can and granite wall, and then just starts beating the shit out of him. (laughs) He punches him like nine times on camera. He's just going, ugh, ugh, ugh. Truly an incredible comedic moment. It just never ends, this beating. And Winona Ryder obviously feels really, really bad. And then he comes back and brings her her pocketbook back. And she looks back and is like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's just... uh, And and he's like, ma'am, you were the victim of New York City mugging. I'm very sorry. Uh, And he's just an absolute gentleman to her. Mm -hmm. And... uh, and uh she basically and he's like can i get you home can i get you to the hospital and she's like uh can you take me to dinner because she needs to she needs the the dirt on him right Mm -hmm. the Um, d but a different d than you're thinking the dirt yeah d for dirt Mm -hmm. and so um so they go to dinner uh and uh and he starts kind of talking about his um background and and where he's from and she makes up her cover story (laughs) She's from Westertonfieldville, Iowa. Winchestertonfieldville, Iowa. <laughs> Which apparently is a real place. But we'll get Which to that apparently later. Is a real place. <laughs> yes, but she's, she's a, a school she's nurse. School nurse. <laughs> I think we both think it's very funny. This backstory that she made up is just so <laughs> stupidly wholesome. <laughs> school nurse with a heart of gold trying to make it in the big city. Um, and so Deeds is like, I'm, I'm not from around here. I, I just, and you know, he's, he's completely innocent. He's very sweet. And she is trying to figure out what his angle is. And, you know, mm-hmm. over the course of the film, she kind of realizes he doesn't have an angle. No, he's, he's just, just a nice guy. He's just a nice person who lives in New Hampshire. Um, there's another piece of his backstory that I think we skipped over, which is the Blackfoot. <laughs> 
Yeah, he got wicked bad frostbite in the scouts. I, I'm obsessed with yeah. his weird accent because sometimes he has his like New Yorker <laughs> accent and then sometimes he has his like New Hampshire accent and I'm obsessed. Like right. he didn't care. He was like, give me my check. But in this particular yeah. scene, he talks about he has a wicked bad frostbite and then he takes his sock off and his foot is completely black. It's completely black. He's showing it to John Turturro who's like, the hideousness of that foot will haunt my dreams forever. He's like, yeah, I just step on it. Like hit hit my foot. <laughs> Seven, I can't feel it. Can't feel a thing. Can't feel it. You get that fireplace poker. Get that fireplace <laughs> poker. <laughs> he stabs him in the foot. Wait, does he not bleed? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a great game. Oh, it's, it's so what a great game. What a, what a good movie, you guys. <laughs> Just. People, th- I can guarantee you this is going to be the episode that gets the most comments. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with both of you? <laughs> you want to know what? We like silliness, okay? <laughs> More things should be dumb. More things should be dumb. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we are at a fancy restaurant at this point, and yes. and Deeds is just being super sweet. He's the sweetie pie of the century, and he sees that a couple that is sitting next to them ha- is there for their anniversary, and he slips the waiter twenty thousand dollars in cash, and is like, "Give that over to them." And then they start like dancing on top of the table. They're so happy. Start grinding on the table. Yeah, <laughs> so good. But he's just like a sweetie pie guy. He has a lot of money all of a sudden. And he's doing what I would anticipate most nice people would do with their money is they he would help people. And so but then he meets up with some people who are not very nice at this restaurant. Rich assholes. Oh, my gosh. That's that's the heir to Blake Media. Let's call him over. Let's have him at our table. And they're just assholes to him. Yes. They mock him to his face. And he points out, like, if you were to come to uh, Mandrake Falls we would think you were weird the same way that you think that I'm weird, but we wouldn't be mean to you to your face. You guys are just like bullies and really mean. And yeah. they continue to mock him. And then he's like, if, if, uh, Winona Ryder wasn't here, I don't forget her name, Pam. If she uh, wasn't, Pam, if, yeah. she, if she wasn't here, I'd, I'd beat your faces in. And they're like, okay. And then he does. <laughs> <laughs> they do- Yeah, Winona Ryder's like, I actually don't mind. And he's like, oh, okay. And they just beats the shit out of more people. <laughs> cool i think like not the you know intense beatings but like he has a lot of integrity and i think that's a really nice thing to have as a character we don't see a lot of that yeah uh and it catches the attention of one very important man and tennis superstar (laughs) johnny McEnroe. johnny McEnroe. um so he's like, Deeds, I've seen the sights. Let me show you the new year. And John McEnroe can't act at all, by no, the way. But no. like, he's the narrator just like, in the Netflix show Never Have I Ever, and he's terrible. Yeah, just, but the director's like, look, this is your mark. We will hold a cue card off camera. Just read off the card, and you will be fine. <laughs> well, Tony, do you want to explain who John McEnroe is to people who don't, who might not follow sports or insane people? Yeah, for, for people who are uh, younger than 58, uh, John McEnroe is, a ba- is the bad boy of tennis. 
Um, and so, uh, in addition to, to being a very famous tennis player, he also was very famously hot-headed, right? Mm-hmm. So he would get into screaming matches with the refs and throw things. And uh, and then, for some reason, uh, he went on to a career guest-starring in episodes of 30 Rock and Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> so, so, good for him. Yes. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so basically we smash cut to the next morning because Adam Sandler blacked out completely. <laughs> yes, and John Turturro is ready there with some aspirin. He swoops in all of a sudden and is taking care of his new uh, hungover. Well, did we have, Charge, yeah. Did we talk about the feet thing yet from the first night? Oh, not yet. Not yet. But, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm here to assist you with your suck change. Uh and that's uh, that's all we know so far about the socks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, also the other cool thing that we forgot to mention that I would have as a rich person, uh, Preston had a water fountain with just Hawaiian punch in it. Yes, I would definitely yes. do that. But I think I would have yeah. like Dr Pepper. Yeah, I would agree. I, w- I mean, it's been a minute since I've had Hawaiian punch, so I don't remember. Maybe it's amazing. I would want two fountains, one where the drink has caffeine and one one that's like root beer or ginger ale for, for, for late nights. <laughs> for the tummy troubles. That's actually genius. <laughs> a ginger ale water fountain. Ooh. What do you drink that's caffeinated that you would put in a, a water fountain? No, I do Dr. Pepper. I definitely do Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper? Is that your caffeinated drink that you like? That that is my caffeinated drink of choice. Yes. Nice. I Other, even... I mean, let me caffeinated soft drink. Like I drink like five cups of coffee a day too. But... <laughs> Tony be pooping. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony be raising two young children. So. <laughs> you know what? We have to make we have to make trade offs. That's the one I made. <laughs> Tony Ginocchio, good for him. <laughs> good for me. <laughs> so, uh, basically, he wakes up hungover, and uh, uh, Peter Gallagher bursts into his room. He's furious. He's like, look at this. He turns on the TV, and it's the tabloid program, and they have all this footage of Adam Sandler drunkenly partying with John McEnroe. Um, and uh, and Adam Sandler's like, how'd they get that footage? Because Winona Ryder's wearing a fucking wire, yeah. is how. And, uh, and they're like, you know, and, uh, the host who is a British man pretending to be Australian is like, Bluey, bingo, look at this man, he's rich and he's stupid, or whatever it is. And, uh, and so, you know, now it's this whole, uh, embarrassment, he's doing damage control, um, there's a, do we do, there, there's a scene where Adam Sandler goes to the company to say hi to Peter Gallagher, and there's a, a pro football player who comes in angry about his contract and Adam Sandler punches him in the face too. He's just, you know what? This movie is just a regular guy walking around punching rich people in the face. No fucking wonder I love it. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was justified the thing with the football player because he was walking in saying a lot of curse words in front of ladies. A lot of naughty language. We didn't yeah. like that and he didn't grow up to be doing that and so he did it to teach him a lesson and the guy's like i want more money and he's like well have you been playing well and he's like sure not really and he's like well can we pay you less if you're playing poorly <laughs> if you play shitty yeah yeah and the guy's like no well i'm i'm quit and he's like okay see you later or, no he's he fires him actually yeah and so right. 
And so his dad ends up calling Adam Sandler and is like, I'm really sorry that my boy forgot his manners. And he's like, yeah, he's just got to watch his language around the ladies. And we just hear this guy kick, like walloping this football Wh- player with whipping his Whipping his pro football son with a belt. We don't uh, condone child abuse, but it's funny. If your child, it look, you should not hit your child with a belt. No. Once they turn 18, all bets are off. <laughs> all belts are <laughs> off. Oh! Hey! Uh, so, hey! Uh, so we have that. Um, we So, okay, so what was I saying? So they're watching the tabloid program. Uh, is an embarrassment. The company has to do damage control. Uh, there is some great footage of him and John McEnroe egging cars together. <laughs> John then McEnroe. one of the cars backs up. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he jumps over the car. John, John McEnroe jumps like 20 feet in the air to avoid getting hit by a car. <laughs> oh, oh, we love anyways. this movie. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, so... Anyways, you know, Peter Gallagher storms out, but he grabs John McEnroe, he takes him to the side, and he's like, once Deeds get out of, gets out of town, you're out of here on your Puerto Rican ass. No, so, not John you know, McEnroe, is, John Turturro. Or John Turturro, yeah. John McEnroe would never be confused for Puerto Rican. So anyways, says you're out of here on your Puerto Rican ass, and then uh, tries to storm out, but John Turturro appears in front of him again. (laughs) Says, I hail from Spain, sir, and then does one of the better giving the finger gags. Yes, it's (laughs) so elegant. The flamenco dancing, loop the loop with the arm, giving the finger, saying, ole. It's lovely. But uh, Peter Gallagher wasn't going to tell Deeds about his uncle's funeral, but John Turturro mentions mm-hmm. it. And he's like, oh, i got to get ready. And so he ends up going to the funeral, which is there's a huge uh, eulogy being given by Reverend Al Sharpton. <laughs> he's, <laughs> and he's rhyming like one of Deeds' he's poems. It, you know, he's a man who has never said no to an acting job (laughs) but uh i do i love that you know al sharpton finishes his eulogy sits down and deeds immediately goes up and says to the priest thank you your majesty (laughs) (laughs) this movie is so good so good uh so deeds gives his own little rhyme which is hokey and people are like what the hell's going on but there's one line where he says when i think of you i feel sad all the good times we could have had and it cuts to al sharpton going that's a nice rhyme <laughs> so. yeah so he tells this beautiful poem and then he's like look where i'm from we don't do closed caskets so i'm just gonna open this to say goodbye to him but <laughs> His uncle's fully frozen body, rictus of death on his face. (laughs) Everybody's screaming. He's like, okay, I miscalculated. I'll put him back. Can't get him in the casket. Body's too stiff. Snaps his arm off his body. (laughs) 
and he's still in his hiking outfit. He's like still frozen. That was a weird choice. <laughs> so it's got the flag and everything. It's really bad. So again, he just keeps coming off as an absolute buffoon to the press. But we know, we know, the viewer knows that he means so well. He does. He does. Um, so should we get to the second date with Winona Ryder? Yes, please. Um, another. So I will say as a side note, this movie has an incredibly 2002 soundtrack. Um three music cues in particular i want to call out weezer's island in the sun <laughs> uh dave matthew bands dave matthews bands where are you going and, oh yeah uh the cue from this scene uh the sweetest thing by you too uh so just some extremely i am a freshman in high school again kind of music and uh you named artists you that know, gen z just does not know they're like, you too, no cap, that sounds sus and That's... bussin', or whatever they say. <laughs> that song is bussin'. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, the second date. Uh, I feel like uh, Deeds when what, he was they're... at dinner with those mean guys. <laughs> they're riding bikes. <laughs> they're riding bikes, and... Uh, and, and Winona Ryder is starting to realize Deeds is a good man. He's like, yeah, I was reading my uncle's diary. He was so cool. He, like, dreamed of being a radio DJ. And he built this whole huge business. But he went and he radio DJed, like, at, th at the 3 a.m. shift, like, one night a month. Because he wanted to do his dream that he had had since he was a kid. Oh, it's so and, sweet. Yeah. And Winona Ryder's realizing, wait, this is a good man. And maybe I'm catching feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh and she starts to and share a little bit more about herself oh, yeah. that she used to go around and interview people in a Holly Hobby, I don't know what that is, notebook, and she yeah. used to get beat up a lot. <laughs> Even the mention of someone getting beat up is so funny. But she she was saying, like, I dreamed of being a reporter, which is true, right? That's, yes. like, what she actually dreamed of doing. Yes. She's starting to reveal her real self to deeds. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to abandon all that because we have the cat scene next. <laughs> yeah, so we got to have another thing that he fucks up because like, we're escalating. The game is he's a good guy, but he's right. being misconstrued, misconstrued as a bad guy. So we have, of course, the next possible level up is a fire. <laughs> so they see there's a fire in one of the buildings in Manhattan and there is a woman in the building who is refusing to leave because her cats are still in the building with her and so you know fdny is there they're heroes by the way they just they they you know they saved all those 9-11 people well not all of them oh, but they saved Tony. those 9-11 people a year earlier i'll probably cut that and so <laughs> so adam sandler's character deeds who himself is a volunteer firefighter at mandrake falls because adam sandler is a firefighter in every movie he's in <laughs> <laughs> Is like, okay, I'll, I'll go up there. I'll convince that woman to come down. So he climbs up the building, and he's like, ma'am, you got to come down. The building's on fire. It's dangerous. She's like, I'm not leaving without my cats. And he's like, how many are there? And she's like, seven. He's like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Let's find all seven cats. But he does um, apologize for using that language, and she says it's okay. Yes. Um, I like the cat's gag. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so he's finding he's... each cat one by one in different places. 
So we get one, yes. and he throws it out the window onto a trampoline, one of those firefighter trampolines, and yeah. the cat ricochets off, and the first one is caught by Winona Ryder. Okay, yes. one down. One down. The second one, I would argue the funniest one, throws the cat out the window, bounces on the trampoline, flies down a manhole, <laughs> but then the sewer worker comes out, and he's caught the cat in his arms. <laughs> the cat is safe. Well, my favorite one is the one where uh, he th- he throws a cat that's on fire. <laughs> yes. One of the cats is on fire. He throws it out the window. And one of the firemen saves it by uh, catching it in a bucket of water. We got an, uh, a couple of them fly out. One of them lands in the delivery driver from Big Daddy, played by Rob Schneider's delivery Rob basket. Schneider, yes. And the second one yes. lands is about to land on the ground, but a guy with a giant afro catches it in his hair. The cat <laughs> bounces off of that into a Girl Scout's arms. <laughs> like, come on! How is this not a perfect movie? <laughs> how did this not at least? <laughs> Can you imagine like coming up with like, okay, so this cat's on fire. That would be amazing. Breaking that scene with writers would be amazing. Would be the best day of my life. It's literally the game, These Are Seven Things. You're like, what are seven funny ways to catch a cat that's been thrown out of a window? Are you kidding me? That's amazing. It's so much fun. But we're done with the cats. All of the cats are out. They're safe. And now it's just the woman. And they have to go out of the window because the fire is on the internal part of the house. So he grabs onto her and he's like, I'm going to keep you safe. We're going to jump down together. And she's like, okay. And they (laughs) fall down onto the trampoline. But because this is an Adam Sandler movie, they don't stop. They bounce really, really high. And then he (laughs) lands on top of her. Was in a very precarious situation, in a position yeah. that you would be like, hmm, you, th- you should be You would be not want to be photographed in. Yes, and he lands on top of her. It's and they definitely go. not, yeah, definitely not a position that will also come up in the next movie we watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he saves them. He saved all seven cats, including the one on fire, and he saved the woman. He's very happy. Uh, she got all, uh, Winona Ryder got all of the footage of it on her flower hidden camera. And she yeah, is really, corsage, ex- yeah. Yeah, he's, she's really excited to share this with the tabloids. But. Yeah, but guess what? <laughs> They're evil. Yeah, the tabloids are evil. The evil Australian guy who sounds like Bluey's dad edits <laughs> the footage deceptively to make it sound like Adam Sandler threw all seven cats out the window to murder them and then tried to sexually assault the woman. It's so sad. And Winona Ryder is, is genuinely very upset by this. She's like, no, the good, the story that I got was a good story. You just made him seem stupid and horrible. And he's like, well, you know, we got your story was boring. And it reminds me a yeah. lot of now. This was like predating yeah. stuff that was going on now. <laughs> Super sad. Yeah, exactly. It's it's sad and it sucks. And now when owner writer's starting to grow a conscience. Uh oh. Um, anyways, so we go to the what's next? Tennis game? Yeah. Yeah. This you saw this in the trailer probably if you remember the trailer, it just keeps hitting tennis balls and nailing Peter Gallagher in the throat, <laughs> which is funny. Um 
And a great line here was like, yeah, I never played before, but Johnny McEnroe said it was wicked easy. <laughs> um, and uh, and the ball boy is Alan Covert, is, uh, who is, in fact, being covert in this scene. And you're welcome, listeners. And so... I am going to pee my pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so can I just say something real quick? Yes. I think this. I think this is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm laughing so hard I'm sweating. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, he's there as the ball boy, and he like grabs, P- pulls Peter Gallagher off to the side. He's like, "Look, I got some information you might be interested in. That nurse that's been hanging out with Deeds is not a nurse." Yeah, and she's telling um, him this so- while he's soaping his ass in the shower. Yes, we do get one shot of Alan Covert's ass, which I feel could have been cut. Do you think that uh, it was his ass? Because they don't show the full body. No, it, you're right. It's double. probably a body double. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine? You're like, I'm being Alan Covert's ass. Covert's ass? <laughs> I'm being an ass um, today. So, <laughs> so, okay, so now it's like, okay, they're going to pull the rug out from Deeds by breaking his heart by telling him the girl he loves is an undercover reporter. Before we do that, though, he's got one more surprise for Pam. And, like, and, like, Pam's, like, ready to tell him, right? Like, she's, she, she's really torn up about this. And he's like, I got a surprise for going on the private chat. (laughs) Yes, and he takes her on a private chat. And where do they land, Nadia? Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa, because it is a real place. (laughs) <clears throat> and the takes story, her to the real sage. Yeah, the story is that oh, she fell out of Boo Radley's apple tree and broke her arm, and she had to go to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> that was that was her cover story. Feels like she should have spent a little more time on that before meeting him. <laughs> and he should have but actually she's like, thought, he's nev- hmm, Dr. Pepper. That doesn't. <laughs> Never, he's, he, you know, but she's like, he's he's not going to follow up on this. And he's like, surprise. And she looks at the sign. She's like, Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa. Shit. You've got to be shitting me. And he's like, hey, I've never heard you curse before. <laughs> yeah, so he takes her to this town that she's never been to. And she's he goes never to been the, to the general store. And, like, there are a lot of people there. He's like, hey, everybody, guess who's back? <laughs> They're like, oh, are you the girl that used to have the hump? I'm so glad to see you. We thought you died. <laughs> um, And so, uh, and, like, what what is it? They, they go to her old, he finds her old house. He's like, that's the one, red door, blue shutters. He's like, it sure is. And so... <laughs> They have to go inside, and the kid is like, my dad says he built, my dad built this house with his bare hands seven years ago. Who the hell are you? She goes, your daddy is a liar. (laughs) I like the tour that she was giving around the house. Like, she's like, this is the fireplace where we would make fire with wood. (laughs) Yeah, we had our meals of food. Yes, we had our meals of food. And she's like, this is my brother's room. And it's like, she opens the door and it's a closet. She's like, my family hated my brother. It was just great. But it, it, the big thing was, is that one of the snotty little kids was uh, chewing some gum and started choking. And because she pretends that she's a school nurse as a part of her alter ego that she's trying to 
uh, dupe deeds yeah. with. He's like, fix it, smack it out of him. <laughs> and her her immediate reaction: Oh, he's choking. We should go. Uh, so, anyways, she ends up like shoving him against the balcony and giving him the Heimlich, and it works. Yeah, she saved um, his life. She feels good about it. She did something actually good with her life. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and so she and so, they head back to New York. Like, how long does it take to get from New York to Iowa? They must have left really early. Well, New York to Chicago. I mean, he's taking a private jet, so I don't know. New York to Chicago is like a two-hour flight. So, and then like Iowa is not much further than that. So, like, he's okay. he's it's definitely less than three hours. Yeah, and on a private jet, they probably could go very quickly because right. they're destroying the Earth yeah. while they do that. Right, exactly. Sure. We're talking about you, Taylor. Talking about you. We're... <laughs> um, you can hold that umbrella up all we want. We know it's you under there. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, so they, they're back in New uh, York, and yeah. uh, they they show up at her doorstep. That He's dropping her off. That's not really where she lives. She lives in her office because she bought too many shoes. But she goes into right. her building, and uh, he's like, well, I... Uh, before you go, I just want to let you know that I wrote you a card, a, a poem. And yeah. uh, he drew her little chicken parm that she had eaten that the first night yes. they had dinner together. And the poem is really sweet. Wait, can we look it, it up? It is. It's Mr. Deeds. the Mr. Deeds poem. Mr. Deeds poem. Uh, oh, here it is. At the end. Oh, Mr. it's <laughs> it's on the uh, it's on the IMDb quotes so here it oh is. it's in the quotes yes. okay yeah so, i have it there uh hard you want to read it i do it's really sweet hard to breathe feels like floating so full of love my heart's exploding mouth is dry hands are shaking my heart is yours for the taking acting weird not myself dancing around like the keebler elf <laughs> finally time for this poor schlub to knows how it feel no to know how it feels to fall in love <laughs> and he's like i couldn't think of a rhyme and she's just overwhelmed with love for him and kisses him it's so sweet but she says i'm sorry i'm so sorry and she's apologizing for duping him but he thinks for that, deceiving him and he yeah, doesn't and know she, he doesn't know he, he doesn't know he thinks she's apologizing because she kissed him out of the blue and wasn't, like, polite about it. Oh, it's so devastating. And, and she's like, go home, Deeds. You need to go back to New Hampshire. And, and he goes back to his penthouse, and she, like, collapses by the side of the building in tears because she's going to hurt this poor man Ugh. so much. And it's just, it's wrenching. So it is time. For Act 3, motherfuckers, and to build off of what we said in our last episode, open up that hole and let the let the movie cock blast its thought load into your brain womb. <laughs> to whoever did not listen to that episode, I don't know how to explain this to you. <laughs> well, it's 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 devastating because Deeds is so in yeah. love. He's so happy. He is going to ask Winona Ryder to marry him. To marry, he's going to propose to her. Oh, and God. and he's telling Emilio he's going to propose to her, and he's in love with her, and and he and Emilio talks about 
how much respect he had for Deeds' uncle in this scene, mm-hmm. which I think is really sweet, too. He's like, your uncle was a good man and did a lot of good things for people and was very kind to me and took me in when I was a kid and my mother died. And he's like, but your uncle would never let me help with his sock change. Yeah, you and guys are like, similar that way. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I like feet. I do not know why. <laughs> it's okay, John Turturro. We love you, even it's with a, your weird footage. No shame. <laughs> no shame. E- even if you have a weird... We have a friend who has amazing feet. <laughs> we... <laughs> She's highly rated on WikiFeet. So, um, so uh, like, She's Winona gonna be Ryder's so like, mad when I, I tell her about this. <laughs> I, yeah. Shit. It's okay. We're leaving it. Um, we're leaving it. Uh, Winona Ryder is. Um, she's dev- She's like, I gotta tell him. I'm gonna fucking tell him. He's invited me to a date at Madison Square Garden. I'm gonna tell him then. Um, so we get to Madison Square Garden. Oh my god. Okay. So he has a violinist he has the, mm-hmm. a chef that prepared chicken parmesan which was her meal from their first date as we know and he set up this beautiful dinner candlelit dinner in the middle of the basketball court because i don't know he owns yeah. the knicks i don't know <laughs> maybe i don't know and so he's ready to do it he's really nervous and he asked john Turturro to sit opposite <laughs> him at the dinner table so he can <laughs> practice yes so <laughs> So he starts going through, like, what he wants to say Mm -hmm. to Winona for the proposal. And, you know, John Turturro is, is, like, playing Winona Ryder's... Winona Ryder. And says, I I really like you too, Deeds. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I... I, And then it becomes clear as Deeds is going on the monologue and John Turturro keeps responding that John Turturro is getting horny. (laughs) It's like, I I really like you. No, I, I really do. And then eventually building to him just going, please... Uh, let me touch your feet. <laughs> Music immediately stops. <laughs> yeah, and Deeds is like, all right, this is getting weird. Thank you. But both of them just like, you know what? We should actually just stop here. <laughs> it's so funny. And uh, Peter Gallagher and uh, the guy who plays Cecil, I don't know his real name. I'm sorry. Uh, they show up. Uh, Eric Avari. Eric Avari. Yeah. And they show up and they say, we're here to congratulate you uh, for the, your proposal and everything. And we also... We want to show you something. And then everything goes yeah. to shit. Yes. So they turn on the the Australian tabloid show, and uh, the guy from Mad Men is like, Oh, turns out one of our reporters has been embed- embedded with Mr. Deeds, but she's even fallen in love with him, crikey. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> My question is, why would anyone care? I, like, that's what's so baffling to me is, like, I don't give a shit. Like, this is the equivalent of caring about, like, um, who's the guy that runs Disney? It, it, he just Iger. took back over. Iger. This is, like, caring who Bob Iger dates. I don't care who Bob Iger dates. No. Why would I care about that at all? <laughs> Are we, we have poked holes in one part of this movie. But I have a second it, one that I have only, later. Only flaw. The only flaw. But, the, you know, so he sees this. He's Clearly his heart is broken. He's like, oh, my God, this woman has been lying to me this whole time. As Winona Ryder is walking in. And she's like, Deeds, I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you. He's like, am I a bet to you? Am I a fucking bet? 
devastated. He is devastated. I'm devastated. You're devastated. We're all devastated. And uh, Peter Gallagher is like, you know, like, why don't you just go back home? And he's like, yeah, I'm leaving. I can't. New York is too hardcore for me. I'm just going to go home. I don't even want the billion dollars that my uncle left me. Forty billion dollars. Forty billion dollars that he left me. Like, I just want to leave. So he signs everything Mm. away. And he says that to they the, need to, they need to, to the United Negro College Fund. Yeah, so he sends his, his forty billion dollars to them. He signs away his shares, and he totally mm-hmm. leaves. He just goes back as as where are you going is playing in the background. The answer is back to New Hampshire. Yeah, Mandrake falls, and everyone is really happy to see him because they missed him, but really sad for him because they see that he's so heartbroken after all of this. <laughs> just devastating devastating and time has passed because snow is now on the ground and we mm-hmm. learn that or Renona Ryder comes to Mandrake Falls she's like I have to make things right because I broke his heart and he has to know that I also love him <gasps> gasp yeah so she goes and and she finds Jan the woman at the pizza parlor and Jan's like, uh, we need to fight each other. Which I feel like this scene, they should have cut and put in more John Turturro. Yes. Yes, I think that would be really good. I want I wouldn't know what yeah. John Turturro was doing after Deeds left. I'd rather see like half an hour of that. I would love that. I would love a series. Netflix, Netflix, if you can make fucking Wednesday, yeah. make Emilio. Yeah, but so she's like, listen, you can't talk to Deeds. You broke his heart. You have to go through me if you want to talk to him. So then they have a whole fight scene. And eventually Pam, like it's nothing to write home about. And Pam uh, gets the address that Deeds is delivering to, which is to Crazy Eyes. And on her way there, she slips on some ice and creates a hole in the like ice thing and falls into the water. Damsel Which in is how, damsel in distress. It's how Deed's dad met his mom, and Deed sees her, and he's like, "Oh, where are the cameras?" Like he thinks, uh, uh, understandably so, yeah. that it's a ruse, right? Mm-hmm. But she's and, like, "No, uh, I'm so sorry. And- I love you." She's shivering. I love you, and he doesn't believe her, and then she starts to drown. <laughs> yeah. So then he's got to save her, and there's only one thing that can save her. <laughs> Only one thing strong enough to break through the ice that can't feel cold anymore. That's right. Here comes the Blackfoot. <laughs> She's screaming no from under the ice, but he does it anyway. Right. That, that's the funniest gag. Is she's even though it saved her life, she's still like visibly disgusted by the foot. <laughs> she he pulls her out. She's shivering, covered in ice, and she's like, "Your foot. It's disgusting." Your foot is so disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually she's like, look, I came here to apologize. I'm so sorry. You have to know how bad I feel. I love you. And he's like, no. I don't know who you are. Yeah, I don't know who you are. And you fucked up. Because she did. That's, you know. Yeah. yeah. He's right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she leaves and he still stays there. And we learn that the company now is being dissolved being dissolved 50,000 people are going to lose their jobs um because uh what's his face peter gallagher is going to sell everything off yes um, to so the french the can get money 
because capitalism is uh, theft. It's extortion. It's uh, it's awful. And uh, it's terrible. So Adam Sandler's like, well, i got to do something about this. So he gets to the climactic scene, which is the shareholder meeting. One hilarious gag, again, where Peter Gallagher's like, well, I'm supposed to open up uh, the Florida comments from any of the shareholders, but I think this sale's going to go through. And then John Turturro just whoop, suddenly appears at the podium. <laughs> Yes, he says that selling off the company would be an affront to uh, Sheldon Blake. The legacy of a great man. Yeah. yeah. And then he disappears. <laughs> and then he then he touches Peter Gallagher's shoulder and vanishes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gasps. So, it's great. Yeah. So, Adam Sandler shows up because it turns out that morning he bought one share of Blake Media. So he has a right to speak at the meeting. Yes. Um, And so... He goes up, and he's like, look, it seems like all of you did well for yourselves. The Monopoly guy certainly <laughs> seems to. And he cuts over the Monopoly guys in the crowd. He's got a big <laughs> top hat that he tips, and he's got the mustache and everything. Yeah, he acknowledges that he's, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the lesson here, which is a very difficult one for me to deal with at 35, 15 years into a career in corporate sales, mm -hmm. is that everyone sells out and that everyone has a price. Oh, my and, heart. Yeah. And so this is the part where the movie becomes difficult to watch. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, Adam Sandler's right. So he, he says, he, and I wrote some of this down, he says, when you were kids... Did you dream about being a savvy investor? Mm -hmm. Says, I wanted to be a fireman. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the person everybody called when people were in trouble. And he, he points to a guy in the crowd, like the rich Texan from The Simpsons, right? He points <laughs> to a guy in the crowd and he's like, what did you want? Did you want to be a shareholder when you grew up? And the guy's like, well, no, to tell the truth, I, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Uh, and then he starts, you know, going through, and then he's like, but what do you do now? And the man's like, well, I own a chain of slaughterhouses. Yeah, he kind of went the other like, way All right, there. well, <laughs> went the other way there. But everybody made a compromise and then another compromise, and it's like, oh, God, oh, I know. Ah, it's so, this, is what I, this is what happened to my life. <laughs> I know, it's so heartbreaking to think about. I, I mean, watching this when we were 13, I think it, like, really bolstered my spirit because I didn't really want to do something that was like a quote unquote sellout thing, right? I was like, I'm going to go for right. my dreams. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Like, I'm going to be in a band and like all this other stuff. And then watching it now, I'm just like, I was never in a band. <laughs> it's so sad. So I am in an interesting spot because the thing I wanted to be when I was a kid was actually a really bad thing. And so even though, what? you know, my, even though I'm in a for-profit job, uh, it's actually better than what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Tony, what was it? <laughs> I wanted to be in the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> That's so unexpected, dude. Why did you want to be in the CIA? I wanted... I wanted to be a CIA agent. I wanted to be a spy. I wanted oh. to live overseas and be a spy. Wow. That was what I wanted to do when I was 13. What stopped now, you? I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize until much later that uh, the CIA is like the part of the government that like tortures brown people. <laughs> Dude, we wouldn't even be friends if and you were like, in the CIA. And, like, over... No, you wouldn't even know who I am. And, like, overthrows <laughs> Latin American governments. So I'm, like, glad that 
uh, that didn't work out. I did apply for an internship at the FBI when I was in college. <gasps> oh, I, my God. Tony. And I did not get it. <laughs> this is so wild. I did not, oh, my yeah. God. You would have worked. It's very you would have worked with uh, Ben Stiller's dad from Meet the Fockers in uh, yes. assassinating well, he's, he's, Cesar uh, Romero. Yeah, assassinating Oscar Romero. Oscar yeah. Romero. <laughs> uh, so, Holy shit. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it kind of worked out. But, but yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler convinces the whole room to vote against the um, divestiture. Yep. And it almost works. Yeah, but Peter Gallagher owns 49% of the shares, and the overseas investors are giving him permission to make the, the vote proxy, on their yeah. behalf. So he votes I until Winona Ryder shows up. T- turns out she did a little reporting. Uh, and so, or, or uh, uh, journalism. And so it turns out she went through Preston Blake's diary, which Deeds had discovered in, in the penthouse. And it turns out Deeds is not the true heir to the Blake fortune. He didn't sign away his shares because the shares were never his. So whose were they? <laughs> hmm. Well, it seems that Preston Blake had a spicy Spanish housekeeper. <laughs> With a gap tooth. With a gap, yes. With a gap tooth that he fucked, and she died giving birth to a son named Uh. Emilio. (gasps) That is me. That is my name. (laughs) That is my money? (laughs) The biggest twist, the happiest twist you could ever imagine. The great Emilio. You never see it coming. No, the great never Emilio <laughs> that uh, spent all of this time with Preston Blake, that he said literally the words, he was like a father to me, was actually his heir, and he got all of that money. Which begs the question, what happens to the money that got sent to the American To the Negro? United, United Negro College Fund? Yes. <laughs> a, what happened? There's a... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. There is a scene of uh, George Wallace, <laughs> the comedian George Wallace, opening uh, the check, being the head of the United Negro College Fund, and, like, passing out in his chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in any event, um, they really should uh, change that name, by the way. But uh, John yeah. Turturro is the, the true heir. Um, he promises free flamenco lessons for all. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he fires Peter Gallagher on the spot and everyone cheers in the boardroom. Uh, it feels a little hokey. Like, it's like for 12-year-olds. If you're 12 years old, this is amazing. No, but this um, is how most Adam Sandler movies end. There's always, yes. like, a scene where there's a lot of people and then clapping. So... Yes. Yeah. So they're all clapping. Peter Gallagher gets escorted out. John Turturro's firing everyone. But Eric Avari, Cecil, the guy that we've come to kind of like throughout the movie, stands up and is like, you know, I'd like to stay if possible. I think I could do some good here. And Adam Sandler's like, you know, give this guy a chance. And Emilio says, you can stay, but tomorrow morning, you let me change your socks. <laughs> he got what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly a beautiful ending to the business part of it. But we're not quite done with the end of Mr. Deeds because he uh, does say 
John Turturro says, I'll give you anything you want for what you've done for me. You've done so much for me and I want to repay you in some way. And he's like, no, just your friendship is enough. And John Turturro says, how about a billion dollars? He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that easy. Yeah. So so he gets a billion dollars. He and Winona Ryder uh, move back to um mandrake falls where they still run the pizza place and deeds has some exciting news he sold a car to hallmark not just any card he sold the card he wrote for winona Ryder. oh hard to breathe hands are shaking (laughs) so uh so you see this montage of everyone reading the card to the people they love and john turturro reading it to some woman who you can't see but he's stroking her feet (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely. It's beautiful. And we also see that Deeds bought everyone a Corvette in town. Yeah. But every single person in this, like, 500-person town in New Hampshire has a red Corvette. (laughs) And Steve Buscemi (laughs) drives it directly into a tree. And credits. Uh, So we're going to say it A+. A+. Uh, What a great movie. It's just so fun. Great movie. Start to top to bottom. Very fun. Love it. Uh, go see it if you can. Uh, I'm saying go see go it. Go see like it like it's in the theaters. <laughs> Love it. A real, I would say, real underrated gem in the Adam Sandler catalog. I definitely um, think so. And, and it's, you know, prefaces yeah. when his movies start falling off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It prefaces the Netflix deal when he did the Wouldn't It Be Funny If Native Americans Existed film or whatever Ugh, it was called. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, I mean, was this – this was definitely before Jack and Jill and Don't Mess With the Zohan. I don't know what happened, oh, yeah. dude. Like, Well, I mean, it's just like he, he makes he makes so much money, right? His movies are huge hits. He makes so much money he can do whatever he wants. And I yeah. think he got to a certain point in his career where – I think he's even talked about this in interviews where he was using his movies mainly as an excuse to, like, go on trips and hang out with his friends, (laughs) Um, which I don't really begrudge him for. And then, like, everybody thought he lost it. Mm -hmm. And then he fucking made Uncut Gems in 2019. It was, like, the best movie. (laughs) And and everybody's like, oh, I guess he I guess he still got it. And then he was like, yeah, I'm going to keep making the Netflix movies, though. Yeah, yeah, I do miss I do miss a heartfelt Adam Sandler because the thing that those movies yeah. are missing besides having an insane premise that is just awful and st- yeah. offensive and terrible is when he was playing like a good genuine guy who was charismatic and like had a fun premise to go off of. Like Big Daddy yeah. was so like, he's so lovable in that movie and this one even more yeah. so because he's just such a little naive and- dude. Yeah, and one that we haven't done yet for the podcast, and I'm sure we will someday. Um, Fifty First Dates, oh, I which love is that one. Like, it's it's a bonkers premise, but it is like, and, and it's him with Drew Barrymore, who he's done a bunch of films with, right? Like, obviously they they're good together on screen, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, he like, it's another one where he's a nice guy, right? Yeah. And he's very charming and charismatic, and and wants to help this woman who has this completely unbelievable medical condition. <laughs> Um, we won't spoil so, it, but that ending doesn't make any sense to me. No, the ending is horrifying. Yeah. Anyways, the, <laughs> anyway, so I, I want to do a quick round of DVD or date. Um, Ooh, okay. And uh, so uh, these are all Adam Sandler films. Ooh, okay. Uh, I have three of them, and for each one, you have to tell me 
uh, if it's a movie that I own on DVD. Okay. <laughs> or a movie that I saw on a date. Wow. So, uh, okay. starting with this movie, Mr. Deeds. DVD. That is correct. I do own this film on DVD. Yeah, because you were probably too uh, young for a date back then. Uh, 2002, yes, that was uh, before I was dating. Um, okay. <laughs> long before I was dating. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I own that one on DVD, although my DVD's, like, all fucked up. It wouldn't play, so I actually ended up renting this one. Oh, no. Uh, it was on Peacock. It was, I don't have Peacock. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, uh, next movie. Um, this was another remake he did of a Burt Reynolds film called The Longest Yard. Maybe you remember I this do. one. This would have been like 2009, I think, about a about a uh, professional football player who uh, gets arrested for a DUI, goes to prison, uh, and plays on the prison football team. DVD or date? Uh, 2005. So I'm going to say date. One of your first. That is correct. Yes. I did see it on a date. Yeah. You're right. That was senior year of high school. Yes. Tony, you went um, on a lot of dates. Yeah, no, I was a fuck machine. But the <laughs> idea was... <laughs> uh, that's not correct. Um, okay, last one. Okay. Last one. And I want you to keep in mind, I saved it for the last. Because this one, this one I, I wanted to trip you up. Oh, okay. Okay. Happy Gil... Happy Gilmore. DVD. Incorrect. <gasps> I saw it on a date. Now, here's here's where it trips you up. Not when it came out in theaters, but at a college like midnight screening <laughs> of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh no! Okay, tell me about the date. How was it? It was fine. It, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, so <laughs> was this I was when also you were in the choir? Not- uh, this was, this is probably a little before, oh, you're saying that because of the thing I wrote today. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this was probably before I joined choir because I wasn't in there until the end of freshman year. Got it, got it, Um, got it. yeah. But that I, inter- was I interrupted you. Period, Sorry. Dark period in my life. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, dark period in my life playing djembe for a choir of all white people doing African... <laughs> You're just African really just spilling your beans today. Yeah, it's really people are people are learning a lot about me that I'm going to regret. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, do our friends at Common Sense Media have anything to say about the film? Yeah, I it, this was a very popular movie among the kid reviewers. Parents, for the most part, I would hope so. Yeah, parents for the most part didn't really care. There was one parent review that I thought was very funny. Uh, they gave it a five star. And they said, another classic. Adam Sandler is the greatest actor ever. He makes another great movie this time around, and he can't do anything wrong. This movie is classic. I hope that Adam Sandler always stays like this. (laughs) I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say 100% agree. I agree, but I'm sad about the last sentence. I hope that Adam Sandler always stays like this. Narrator voice, he did not. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) There were a couple kid reviews that I liked. One was a three-star review. This kid really didn't like it. Uh, They said, nah, leave it, hate the movie, and some punching. (laughs) Which I think they were trying to give warning that there was punching in the movie. But I liked the way that they said it. Uh, The last one is also a kid review. 
uh, very super short and sweet. It said, filthy rich Sandler rom-com has heart, but sex jokes. And they're right. Yeah, I, there's not a ton of sex. I mean, the most sex jokes are about being a foot fetishist, which uh, is something that I want to be clear we respect on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pro foot fetish. Pro, pro foot fetish. Pro every fetish, really. Yeah. You know what? As long as you're not hurting anyone consensually, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Unconsensually. Yeah. Uh, no, there was yes. that scene where um, Winona Ryder was talking to the Australian guy and she's like, all of this that we seem as we say yes. is important yes. is bullshit. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to my penthouse apartment on Fifth Avenue and I'm going to squeeze my girlfriend's big fake boobs. I think that that might be what it was. That was a that was mm-hmm. a lot of what the kids were focusing on on Common Sense Media. Can someone cut that line into an episode of Bluey's dad talking to Bluey's mom? <laughs> Does he have a girlfriend with fake boobs on the side? His side piece. His side piece, Bandit's side piece on Bluey. <laughs> I, I'm I'm scared to see what Ao3 Bluey looks like. Oh, I'm sure, like I'll do it. Ninety. I'm. I'm sure 90% of it is, like, very wholesome and sweet, and then 10% of it is something that would dig irreparable psychic scars into me. All right, let's see. Hold on. I have to agree to the terms of service. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, okay. There's one called Stay Tough No Matter What from 2008. I'm sorry. It just... Oh, it was actually just published today. Uh... During the fun at the water park, Bluey has suddenly become temporarily deaf. Now Bandit and Bingo have to have the challenge to give Bluey as much support as they can. But will they be able to deliver the message that they are still here for her without sign language, text, or telling her that? It's 3,000 words. Okay, that actually sounds like it could be an episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see... Oh, um... Oh, here's one. Oh no. You don't you don't need to <laughs> you don't need to find you don't need to find episodes of like bandit fucking someone. It's fine. No, there is a uh the tags are uh Bingo gets pregnant. I don't know who Bingo is. Oh, Bingo's the four year old. No uh... <laughs> Okay, I don't like AO three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that one's seventeen thousand words, so Oh no, too long. <laughs> Too long for Bingo gets pregnant. No. No. Okay, we got to end on something happy. Do you have something happy I could end on? Um, Yeah, I just really want to say that this is a, as far as back as this goes to 2002, this is a very relevant movie as far as like yes. pointing out what's bullshit and what's not bullshit. And I think we've kind of lost our way from this time. I don't know if it's like the idea of social media or just like where we are as a society because everything's so expensive i spent so much money on groceries today but like i i just really (laughs) want our listeners to remember that like a lot of the things that we worry about that we are told to worry about is all fake so like just love people be a deeds be a nice person like do nice things for the people that you love and like tell them you love them like that's my big takeaway from the whole thing and i think that's pretty positive yeah, and, and you guys have to understand, you know, Nadia and me growing up, we didn't have Glass Onion. We had this movie. Uh, and, but this got the job done. So, yeah. like, you know, I, I big fan. 
Uh, I hate rich people. I love seeing Adam Sandler punch rich people. I think it's great. Um, if some of you tuned in being like, I can't wait for them to tear into this film and not look up bluey porn, uh, <laughs> then I'm sorry we've disappointed you. If the greatest irony of all in is two, that we love, two ways. we love Adam Sandler, but he's also really rich. <laughs> he's also really rich, yeah. That's, uh, I know. He, uh, that one's going to be tough. <laughs> that one's a tough one. In the class war, I'm definitely going to hesitate before I kill Adam Sandler. <laughs> Uh, that one's gonna be tough. I, I'm gonna have to delegate. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, folks, uh, thank you for listening to what is unquestionably our best episode. Uh, we are probably shoulda on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love you. Uh, we might take a week off and then see you in two weeks. Whatever. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Got enough to spare And I'll be granting your permission Cause you haven't got a prayer I said hey hallelujah I wanna come on sing praise Let the spirit come on through ya We got innocence for days Well I think I'm gonna burn in hell Everybody burn the house Ashes to ashes, we go for down.